from the Acts of the Apostles. In those days, many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high honor. And more than ever, believers believers were added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and pallets, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is, the party of the Sadducees, And filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. Eight days later, 
His disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. The doors were shut, but Jesus came and among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Now Jesus had been in the signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christos Anesti. <clears throat> Today, we celebrate what is known in the church as the uh, Andi Pascha. Andi does not mean in this instance, against or instead of, but it is the Sunday standing opposite of Pascha. During the last week, our church has been celebrating with fervor the resurrection of the Lord. Every service held during Bright Week takes on the joy and celebration that is Pascha. And in our liturgical practice, each service mirrors the service from the midnight liturgy of last Saturday. It is a tradition also let the priests remain fully vested, wearing all of his vestments for every service that is celebrated during Bright Week. There is no fasting permitted. Now I'm sure you're saying, oh, great, Father, this is a little too late. There is no fasting permitted. And even the funeral services last week, which normally melodically reflect the mode of loss or mourning, are replaced with hymns from the Paschal Canon, reciting after every each ode the triumphant hymn of Christ is Risen. The great celebration leads us to today, Andi Pascha. Because compared with the great feast of last week, we return to a bit less festive mood. We will, however, continue to greet our friends and family with the phrase Christos Anesti, or Christ is risen, until we celebrate Christ's ascension into heaven, or for 33 more days. But today begins the point of scaling back just a little bit the full-blown party that we've had this last week. 
Well, I'm sure most of us have never heard of the term Andipasca, or maybe are still unclear what I mean by all of this. We have experienced a similar sensation. I think the secular world calls it the Mondays. That dreadful feeling when the alarm sounds on Monday morning, reminding us the weekend is over and it's time to get back to school or work. So instead of thinking of ways to skip school or work, the question then becomes for us, how can we bring the joy of the resurrection into the rest of not only the Paschal season, but the entire year? It's all about faith. It's easy to remember to say Christ is risen while the church is adorned in flowers and bright colors, reminding us of the great feast, the Pascha. But how do we allow that to translate into our daily lives? I have the great joy of working within the walls of the church and spend many hours here each week. But when I'm at home, or worse, when I'm driving, how quickly do I allow myself to forget the resurrection and all it stands for? Christ died so I can live. God came down and became man, accepted crucifixion so that he might shatter the gates of Hades and allow a sinner like myself the ability to repent and enter, hopefully, into paradise. How do we maintain the faith? In this morning's gospel lesson, we heard the familiar story of St. Thomas the Apostle refusing to believe in the resurrection until he had touched the wounds where Jesus was nailed to the cross and pierced with the lance. I think whether we accept it or not, we are all a little bit like the Apostle Thomas in some ways or at some times. We recite the creed hopefully daily, but at least every Sunday together as a body of Christ and know firmly what our beliefs are. But I know we also go home and question the very statement of faith we will make in just a few moments. We will say, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and truly believe it. But get home tonight and turn on the TV or open our science books and have the world tell us God did not create the world. Fourteen words into our creed, and we've already hit a roadblock. How do we face our doubts or our lack of faith? The answer is in the same way that St. Thomas did. We stick our hands into the nail holes. We get up and we find answers. We seek the truth in all things. And when we find it, we take action in realizing what it is and what it means. It is natural to doubt. In fact, Christ commanded St. Thomas to doubt. And during Holy Week, we read the words of Christ as he warns the disciples, If anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles 
to deceive even the elect. If it were possible, see that I have told you ahead of time. So even after that warning, it seems now obvious that St. Thomas might doubt his fellow disciples until he found out for himself. Over the last two weeks, I've been asked in two different interviews with people investigating our faith and our tradition what my favorite part of being Orthodox was. Both times I answered them truthfully saying, we as a church do not do anything without a purpose. We are a rich and beautiful faith, but we're not arbitrary. Every action and word are purposeful or practically placed in our service for our spiritual benefit. But even after studying the faith for my entire life, and even seven years intensively at seminary, I still have questions, and I still seek answers. So allow me to close reminding everyone of our need to question ourselves. We all have faith, a certain belief in God, formally in what we believe as a church, and sometimes informal extrapolations from our lives and local traditions. But do we have faith in the form of trust in God? When we hit roadblocks in every other facet of our lives, we quickly reach for our phones and Google something or ask Siri for the answer. But when we have conversations with our friends and coworkers that we feel might be contradictory to our beliefs, do we still reach for Google or even a Bible? When sitting in a service, frustrated, sometimes do we go home angry or do we seek out the priest and ask for clarification? In the gospel today, the disciple Thomas doubted and he is remembered as a great saint and martyr of our church. There is no harm in a little doubt, but we must, like St. Thomas, ask the questions and take action against our doubt before allowing it to take root in our heart and cause our trust in God to stumble. Amen.